Ben and I were talking this week and um, just about, you know, when things feel a bit hard. And he looked at me and he's like, I think I'm in the middle. <laughs> I think I'm in the middle of a good story. And I'm, I'm lost looking around for the feelings I had at the beginning and for the feelings I want at the end, yeah. I think we just gotta walk it out. I thought that was powerful, Ben, and it led me to this song too. I can't go back to the beginning. I can't control what tomorrow will bring. Here again. But I know here in the the place where you promised to be nice well, I feel like maybe we just call Ben up come speak about being in the middle yeah. hey what do you think man that's a good thought that's a good thought that's a good thought it's an interesting place to be in the middle you know like that's a uh, everything gets challenged in the middle doesn't it you head down a road and it's like, yeah, this isn't finished and it's not going quite how I thought it was gonna or it's taking longer than I thought it was gonna. And it's like, yeah, so much good stuff happens in the middle. But there are hard places to be. There are hard places to be. It's, uh, you know, I don't think much life is received without walking through the middle of some things. I don't think we find the greatest things dodging the middle moments. You know, I'm not sure we get to the to the good stuff that way. I guess that's kind of what we were talking about last week. But yeah, what a what a great thought. And Janessa, like, you know, what you kicked us off with is just such a weapon in the middle. What am I going to let define this reality? What am I going to hold on to? What am I going to stand on? It doesn't have to look good to be good. It doesn't have to feel good to be good. It doesn't have to seem like it is for it to be. I'm going to stand here and know that what what seems too hard, what seems too much, what seems too hurtful, what seems too, you know, whatever it might be for us. It's like, what am I holding on to? What am I standing on? What am I feeding? You know, it's like, I don't think we, I don't think we come to see the end of paths without that weapon. You know, I so appreciate that this morning. And yeah, in some ways it's kind of the thoughts that we're sort of rising up as we're sort of looking at, you know, some truth to sit in. I sort of, yeah, I feel like, I feel, uh, I feel grateful. Been away with for the last couple of days with Mars and Ash, who's off cleaning Dan's house this morning. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. We gotta let the young fella serve, don't we? Get on him. Be blessed with big income. Now we love Ash. Yeah, we were away with him the last couple of days, and Tim just kind of celebrating. Tim season of, you know, committing to grace. And man, I'm so grateful for, so grateful for you, Tim, and just life with real people. You know, it's a couple of days away with these few guys. It feels just, you know, and Rob, Rob was there too. This feels like just, yeah, just, just blessed to be in the middle with a bunch of really, real good people. You know, that's just, that's such a gift, such a gift. 
Yeah, and we're excited for you guys. Got all the details locked now. Who would have thought weddings would come together two weeks out? You know, I mean, there's three, sorry, three. There's no, no minute like the last, but God is good. And, and there's going to be a party, so that's fun. That's fun. That's fun. We're ready. <laughs> all right. All right. There's that. There's that. No, God's, God's, God sees the heart's desire. It's going to be good. That'll be good. And yeah, James and Mel, man, we're just standing with you guys in faith for a sale of your house. We know it's been a big week on that front. And yeah, we just stand with you guys for God's faithfulness and goodness to work out a plan that, you know, seems in the middle, huh? Yeah. So believing for you guys. I mean, there's lots. There's lots as we feel our story, you know. I think it's one of the benefits and one of the complexities of sharing life deeply together, you know. Your wins are my wins, but your middles feel like my middle too, you know. And uh, it's good to have company in the middle. I'm stealing your phrase, Ben. We're, we're working it this morning. But anyway, yeah. This morning, I kind of want to talk about... Um, uh, is sit in this idea for a minute of what satisfies. What satisfies? Like when you think about that, like what are the first things that come to mind? Like just when you think about what satisfies, like just, you know, without overthinking it. Chocolate, amen. Coffee, chocolate baked into cake. <laughs> no, I'm adding mine. <laughs> <laughs> what else? What comes to mind? What satisfies? Like I know. Hey, this. Sorry. The ocean. All right. Sending as off adrift in the ocean. <laughs> I'm with you. Praise the Lord for a vast ocean. <laughs> oh, I've added mine again. Sorry. <laughs> the ocean. Yes. No. It was, a, it was a true answer. I'm with you. The ocean. That's a good one. That's a good one. What else? Together, people. Okay. Yeah. Alice Big Tex. Okay. She's a bit of a dopamine hit, that little one. Yeah, that's a good one, Grace. Yeah. I think in in some senses, you know, we are pursuing something that satisfies. I think I think for me I am. You know, I am. I'm pursuing something that satisfies and, and so often I'm not even sure what I'm trying to satisfy. Uh, and I'm definitely looking to things that don't satisfy at times. You know, I'm looking to empty sources of satisfaction at time. And I know that's a, a relatable concept, but it's so frustrating. It's like there's almost like these defaults that, that have these inbuilt like responses to a urge for satisfaction, whatever that desire might be. It could be security. It could be purpose. It could be meaning. It could be you know, outcomes. It could be just things just need to be easier or things need to feel better or I just want, you know, and sometimes this like need for satisfaction is almost like we can't even, it's almost like the deepest parts of me are longing to be satisfied. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I'm not always conscious of, of this longing or this desire within me or, or even what it truly is but I am constantly being driven by it, you know? And uh, yeah, I think, 
you know, I, I, this 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 week as we were sort of Curtis and I were sort of talking, this that this verse came to mind for me, John chapter seven, verse thirty-seven to thirty-eight, and it's uh, this is he says it in a loud voice. So I mean, I think like. Jesus is like declaring this. This is like his marketing campaign. This is like the billboard of Jesus, you know, in, in the moment. And he says, now on the last and most important day of the feast, so tons of people gathered and Jesus stood and called out in a loud, in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, who adheres to and trusts in and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being will flow continually rivers of living water. I mean, anyone who is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, who adheres to and trusts in and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being will flow continually rivers of living water. I mean, I was talking to Curtis about this and I was like, I can imagine... I can imagine, you know, the idea of hunger and thirst maybe meaning something different in Jesus' day. We are such, uh, we live in such ease and luxury for our everyday needs. And so this would have been a picture of something so satisfying, you know, like it was work. You know, I can, I can think of it even with my friends in Malawi. They didn't have running water. They had to go to the well. They had to collect it. it. You know, it was quite a long walk at times. Like, it was an effort to have water. If I was thirsty, it's because I didn't have the water I needed. And it wasn't a simple thing, you know. Or, or let's think about a day of journeying. Like, that wasn't uncommon then, you know, to have to journey for a day or four days or eight days to get somewhere. And, you know, the idea of thirst. I mean, I can think of moments like Lila and I, we did... We did the Wilson's prom hike, and after I'd done it once with a group of guys on a 40-degree day, I swore I was never going to hike in anything other than 25 degrees uh, ever again. I'm a winter hiker. Anyway, so Leela gets for me for my birthday the uh, accommodation at Wilson's prom out on the lighthouse that you have to hike 22 kilometers to get into. We're going to do it together, and this is going to be wonderful, and it's in October, so we should be okay. Well, we get this freak 35-degree October day, the day we're walking out. And I've told this story before, but, you know, we decided, oh, let's take the beach route home and let's add four kilometers to this, you know, and I'm hiking with Leela, who's a little lighter than me and a lot fitter than me and actually is probably made for the desert, really. She doesn't seem to really need water or sweat, whereas that is not the case for this Canadian. Anyway, and I'm like, we're like 15 minutes into this walk and I'm stopping at a stream, emptying my liter of water and filling it at the stream because I'm like, oh, I'm so thirsty and we're still in the shade. Like we haven't rounded into the sun yet. Anyway, on this particular day, like I'm drinking brown water out of creeks and doing all the things you're not supposed to do. I drank 12 liters of water and not dropped, dripped up, you know, not, not had to pee yet. All right. This was, I was just the river of living water flowing through me, but I was so thirsty. I was just so thirsty. I just, it was just like unquenchable. You know, but I don't live knowing thirst, but the imagery of this verse is something that would have been so powerful to the people of this day. It would have been like, if you are looking for something that satisfies, come to me. It was this intense urge that needed to be satisfied. You can't ignore it. It doesn't go away. When you are desperately thirsty, nothing is on your mind except I need something to drink. 
You know, and it's like he's pulling this imagery into view. And we don't really know thirst because there's water everywhere, everywhere. And so we don't thirst in this way like I haven't drunk anything in 12 hours and I am desperate for a drink of water. You know, we don't find ourselves in that position, but it's the imagery that's used. And you know, I think if Jesus was talking to us today, he'd say, if you have an unmet longing, if you have a desire in your heart, if there is something of satisfaction that you are seeking, come to me. Because from within you will flow a satisfying flow of living, life-giving, uh, need-meeting satisfaction that will never run dry. What a picture. What a picture. You know, and it's like, you know, in, in, in these middle moments, that is a life-giving picture. Come to me. And you'll have what you need. From your innermost being will flow the satisfying refreshment that you're longing for. Gosh, I need to be reminded of that. It's like it's not in the change in my situation. It's not in the breakthrough in that relationship. It's not in the outcome that I'm going to be satisfied. It's not in the great dinner or the perfect friends or the uncomplicated reality or the resolution to the financial situation or the release of a purpose or, or the, the ministry to thrive or something that the world would say is awesome. That's not going to be where this comes from. So I got to stop looking out there for satisfaction. I've got to start to believe that somehow joined within me is a living water that will never run dry. That when I need something satisfying, I've got a place to go that will satisfy. And it's the truth, isn't it? Have you experienced this? A thirst met by life-giving water. Nothing changed. I mean, this is what you're talking about, Janessa. I found the truth and I stood on it. And it was satisfying. Now everything didn't feel good. No situation changed. But I, but I found something that I could hold on to and it was satisfying. It's like, can we rewrite our script? Can we change our default and go, I am never without that which satisfies. And I'm not waiting on the outcome to be satisfied. That's just going to add color to something that's already sustained and satisfied. I mean, what a picture. And then Curtis, you know, quite separate to this, had landed on a verse. You know, we started coming together to go, oh, what are we going to do on Sunday? And, and this is a verse that God had been speaking to Curtis about in Ephesians chapter thir- 3. What, what were the actual verses you said? Because I think I added more. Oh, you did the same ones as me. Okay, all right. Yeah, 14 to 20? No. Oh, this is what it says there. Yeah, no, no, yes. Well, I didn't go and look at what you had said, So, but that's what I grabbed too. So let's read it. Let's read it. Oh, is it? That's going to be a problem. Oh, yeah. All right, my response. Paul, okay, Paul you know, is, is writing in prison. The verse that sits before this one, he says, you know, don't worry about my suffering because it's on your behalf and it's to your glory and it's to your honor. He's imprisoned at the moment and this is what he's writing to the Ephesian church. I mean, even just that, talk about being in the middle. You know, it's like, anyway, let's move on. My response is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who parcels out all of heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit Not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you. 
as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you will be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus, the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love, reach out and experience the breath, test its lengths, plumb the depths, rise to the heights, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. God can do anything. You know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Glory to God in the church. Glory to God in the Messiah, in Jesus. Glory down all the generations. Glory through all millennia. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, he's, he's saying, you know, I mean, in, in, the, in the Amplified version, he says, it, it says, you know, may he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self, indwelling your innermost being. You know, and it's like there is a strengthening that we can be afforded. There is an energizing. There is a flow. And it doesn't mean everything's easy. It doesn't mean all the paths are smooth. We, we know we talked about that last week that, you know, the the path to life is hard. The, if, if we are setting our sights on life-giving realities, we're going to be on a hard path in the middle of that at times. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to need a strength. I'm going to need a flow. I'm going to need a quenching. I'm going to need a satisfying to walk that path. And if I'm a person who's waiting for the circumstance to lift my spirit, that's waiting for the outcome, that can only find satisfaction in the moments of victory, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suffer miserably instead of suffering well in the hard moments. And it's like, you know, this points us to this inner satisfying, strengthening, releasing reality. But it seems a bit too good to be true. And gosh, we spend a lot of time trying to find it elsewhere. Well, maybe just me. Maybe just me. For like frustratingly so when I really stop and think about it. And it's like, I, I guess, you know, this preaches well or it talks well or it reads well out of the scripture, but does it play well? You know, have we had these experiences? Does it play well? Is there a fountain of living water that will leave me perpetually satisfied? Is there an innermost strengthening that when I turn my focus in and not out, that I can find something regardless of what's taking place around me that sustains me, that satisfies me? It's like, is that possible? Is there a strengthening that releases to me this love that is a fuller experience than what I ever could have imagined? The depths and heights and breadths of God's love, like that this would be with me, sustaining me and fueling me and satisfying me. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to quote the prophet of Will Smith, but I, I, I sent this to these guys this week. Leela, I blame Leela. Okay. I blame Leela. It gets worse because it was Oprah. I know, I know, as this is disgraceful, isn't it? But Leela watched this thing, and uh, I know. I'm sorry, man. We'll do DC Talk next week. <laughs> this week is Will Smith. <laughs> but anyways, he, uh, he wrote this new biography. I haven't read it, uh, but Oprah was raving about it. And Leela watched this interview, and she said, you have to watch this. She's like, he's just talking about so much of the stuff that we're talking about. 
and, uh, you know, really he's talking about his life story and, you know, whatever, you know, the wisdom that he's gained through life. And he does, he, you know, he's, he grew up in a Christian home. He believes that the fame he got, you know, was because there was a purpose on his life to be life giving, you know, he, he's anyway, blah, blah, blah. He's got some roots. I, I'm not professing him to be our, our spiritual leader, but anyway, in his journey, gosh, I got to come to this. Don't I? I'm forgetting what I was even, Oh yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm trying to get to it. He said a lot of things in this. So I was trying to remember the thing I was going to highlight in this moment. I got sidetracked with big ass. <laughs> yeah. You have it. You have it. You read it. Tell us if it's good. Apparently it's amazing. Apparently it is amazing. But anyways, according to Oprah, <laughs> I was trying to explain why I'm watching an Oprah show. Leela dropped me into it and said, you got to watch this. He's just spouting this, these concepts that we're talking about. And he, he was talking about his marriage and they separated for a year um, because he got frustrated. He, how he said it in the interview is he threw this huge 40th birthday party for his wife and, and it just didn't make her happy. And he was like, I can't. I can't do this. Nothing's going to make you happy. I can't. You got to go find this and I got to go find this. And they came back together a year later and he says things like, no person can fulfill me. I've got to do war with myself to find within me that which truly satisfies. And it's like, wow. It's not the person I live with. It's not their responsibility to be my wellspring of living water. It's not the people around me or the church I go to or the job I have or the ease with which you provide me and afford me what I want. You know, it, it is a, a war inside of myself. It is an inner work to find a satisfying, life-giving flow that from which I live and flood the earth. What a beautiful challenge. You know, this is such a simple concept that what I'm looking for isn't out there. It's not in a fulfilled dream. It's not in a plan that went well. It's not in a financial outcome or a circumstance. It's not in things getting easier. It's not in my life partner making a change or it's not in me finding my life partner. You know, what truly satisfies is something in here which is present but untapped or, or maybe infrequently tapped. Yeah. Anyway, I've banged on long enough about this. We got these couple of verses that we've sort of looked at and it's like, you know, I think it, it talks well, but I think this morning, you know, as we take a minute to talk about this, like in our, in our groups, like, does this play well? You know, in, in the reality of our life, in our, in the middle moments, does this work? Is there a fountain of living water, a, a, a ministry of the Holy Spirit within me that strengthens me and energizes me, that satisfies me? Is there a, sat, a perpetually satisfying place? And what are the experiences we've had of that? Or what are the frustrations we've had of the inaccessibility of that? Or what, what you know, in the reality of life, whilst this sounds nice and seems like a great promise, is it true? And, and what are our experiences of positioning ourselves to find it? And what difference does it make? Can we just chew on that a little bit? Let's take a few minutes together just to, to talk about what our experiences are of that or to what looking what that looks like for us to reach for that. So yeah, let's jump in threes or fours or yeah, fives, something like that. Yeah, just have a bit of a chat about this idea of this. <laughs> 